High Praise Podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. This uh, evening we are starting a series that we're going to be doing throughout the month of February, and we're calling it Marriage, Family, and Things We Don't Want to Talk About. And uh, uh, the reason that I wanted to go ahead and put that in there is because I found that there's a lot of things concerning marriage and families that nobody wants to address and nobody wants to talk about. And uh, let me say, because the church has been silent on so many issues concerning marriage, concerning family, and the way that God designed it. Now, obviously, we haven't been silent here, but I'll just say the church in general, okay, has been silent on a lot of these things and hasn't taught biblically what God's Word has to say. Uh, it allows place for error. It allows a place for perversion to get in. And I have actually seen even Christian couples that are married allow things in their relationship, allow things within their home, allow things even within the marriage bed that should not be there. And uh, we're going to share with you what God's Word has to say about marriage and family. How many of you know whenever you do it God's way, you're going to come out on the other side blessed? If you want to bless family, if you want to bless marriage, and you're going to have to do it God's way. You're going to have to do it the way that the Bible prescribes it, not your own ideas and definitely not what you see in Hollywood, right? A lot of people are trying to pattern their marriages after what they see on some type of sitcom. You know, and, you know sometimes I know we've laughed about things, and I don't know if anybody remembers the uh, sitcom Home Improvement. I don't know if anybody, is anybody old enough to remember Home, do y'all remember Home Improvement? You know, Tim, the tool man. Now we all, you know, people laughed at it. But you know what, they're, they're, at the same time, there is a, there's some subtle things that are happening that are being communicated even many times in sitcoms. And you gotta be aware, I'm not saying you can't watch it, I'm just saying you gotta be aware of it and begin to filter some of it out. Because one of the things that was communicated throughout the Home Improvement series is that the man of the house is the stupidest individual actually living in the home. Am I right? That was what was communicated. And how many know that's not the way that God designed for it to be, right? As a matter of fact, really God didn't design for the man to be smart and the woman to be dumb, nor for the woman to be smart and the man to be dumb. What God designed is for man and woman to co-labor together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, you know, there, there's headship, but understand that he, call, he called us to co-labor together, amen? So it's not an up-down situation. I'm greater than you. You're greater than me. I'm filled with wisdom, and you're just a dummy. As a matter of fact, I will tell you very quickly, if that's the way that you begin to go into a relationship, you're going to have problems in that relationship, okay? Well, again, these, these are just some of the things, and if you go on back a long time ago and go back to the honeymooners who were everything but the honeymooners, now I'm talking to folks that are 70 and 80 years old now. Does, now I'm not that old, but anyway, does anybody remember, anybody remember the honeymooners, you know, or maybe Archie Bunker, what was that? Uh, all in the family. That was everything but a family. It was crazy. It was jacked up. It was messed up, Okay. That's not the way that God designed families to operate and function. However, 
Many, I said to only say that to say, but a lot of times what happens is people begin to see things on television and Hollywood movies and begin to say, yeah, that's the way that family is. Or, or even just begin to say, well, you know, I have that same thing happening in my family. I identify with that. So you settle for that whenever God wants you to live at a higher plane than what you see on home improvement or all in the family or the honeymooners or, or any of the other ones that might be out there. Amen? Y'all hear my heart, what I'm saying? Whenever you come in the doors here, what you'll see is our vision statement. And we, we obviously it's simplified, but there are three primary things that God has called us to do is in our vision statement. And that number one is equip believers. God has called us to equip believers. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 4, God raises up apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the equipping of the saints, right? So the, the job of the church, the responsibility of the church, the responsibility of apostles and prophets, the responsibility of the pastors and teachers and evangelists is to equip the church then to do the work of the ministry. In other words, the responsibility of pastors is not to do the work of the ministry, it's to equip believers to do the work of the ministry. That's one of the things I so appreciate in our church. You know, I really don't pray, lay, lay my hands. I do from time to time, I'll lay hands on people. We believe in laying on of hands, but I think it's, more, it's much greater whenever the church is equipped and you can go out and you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's what Jesus said, in my name, you will lay, these signs will follow them that that do what? How many believers do we have in the building tonight? So what Jesus was said, these are the signs that are going to follow Libby Taylor, praise God. These signs will follow Teresa Lee. These signs will follow Brian. Now he's a pastor, but these signs will follow R.L. Gay. These signs will follow David. These signs will follow Paul. These signs will follow Will. These signs will follow my gator buddy, M.G., praise the Lord. I'm glad God's on a Seminole or a Gator and God will do a mighty work through. I don't care who you identify with. Amen. God, God wants to do miracles through you. Amen. Amen. And so one of the things that we do, even at the end of services, we have teams that come up here and do all the ministry. Let me tell you, one of the reasons it's so important is because we don't want a church that's always just looking to the senior pastor, senior leader, senior apostle as the one who is the source for what, uh, for uh, their existence. And also we want everybody in this church to understand that God wants to use you, praise God. Amen. He doesn't want to just use the people behind the pulpit. He wants to use the people that are in the marketplace. He wants to use the people that are at Walmart. He wants to use you whenever you go to Winn-Dixie. He wants to use you whenever you go to Publix, whenever you go to JCPenney, whenever you go to Dillard's. God will use you wherever you're at if you're willing to allow him to use you. Amen. So equip believers. But the second thing is this, building families. This has been our heart since we started this church 27 years ago. God's calls, called us to raise up strong families. Amen. And praise God, we see a lot of success, amen? We've seen and we're continuing to see a lot of success. And I believe that this is a part that's very, very important because understand this, ministry can never be any stronger than the families that are within the church. I'll say that the ministry within the church can never be any stronger than the families that are in the church. And I'll tell you this much, and I'll say this, and, and I don't say this to condemn anybody whatsoever, so please hear my heart. But if the pastor's family and marriage is all jacked up, then everybody in the church's marriage and family will be all jacked up. 
Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And that's the reason it's very important that I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, it has to be perfect because everybody's always growing. Can everybody say amen? But if you got adultery in the pulpit, you'll have adultery in the seats. Right? Whatever you end up having in the pulpit is what you're going to have in the seats. And if you got divorce and divorce and divorce and the pastors had five divorces, I'm telling you, you're going to have it within. It's not to condemn anybody. I'm just telling you, it will reproduce itself because what you begin to do is license it. You begin to actually put your stamp of approval on it. I want everybody to understand that if you've ever had a divorce, there is no condemnation whatsoever. So I don't want anybody to hear that. But what I am telling you this, whoever you're married to right now, you stay with them. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, you can't cry over spilt milk, but you can pour you another glass and drink it right. Right? You can pour you another glass and drink it right. You don't have to spill the milk again. Y'all still love me. I wasn't planning on getting into this far, this deep, that quick. But God's called us to build families. Understand this, that no building is any stronger than its foundation. This is a wonderful building here. And I'm telling you what they had us do whenever we were building this building just in the foundation. I thought it was crazy. As a matter of fact, we had people that were actually involved in the construction of this building. They said, if there's a hurricane that's coming, we're gonna to come to this building. And thank God this building stood in the hurricane. Praise God for that. The building stood, amen. We had some damage over on the other building, but we, you know, this one stood. We had a little bit of damage we did sustain. But I'm just saying the building at, you know, as a whole stood and they told all the stuff that they had us do in this building to fortify it and the, and the, and the, uh, and, and within the, uh, the, the actual, the foundation of it. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but I will just tell you, it was a lot of stuff. And I look at it and I, at the time I thought, man, that's just ridiculous. Now I look back and I go, you know what? It's probably good that we actually had to do that. It's probably one of the things that kept the building standing, probably one of the things that kept the building strong. And understand this, if you don't have a strong foundation in your marriage and in your family, then whenever the winds of adversity begin to blow, you'll end up crumbling, you'll end up crushing. And unfortunately, there's a lot of believers today even that don't have a strong foundation in their marriage. They don't have a strong foundation. So please write this down. A family and marriage must be built on biblical foundations. Not the foundations of the way the world does it. Not the foundations of Dr. Phil. Not the foundations of Oprah. Amen. Not the foundations of anybody else other than God Almighty and what he has said in his word. And what he has prescribed. We have to build our life and our marriage, our families on the foundations of the word of God. And hear this failure to build your marriage on the foundations that we find in the Bible will ultimately cause the collapse of your family, the collapse of your marriage, the collapse of your home. That's not God's plan. Listen, if something like that happens, you can't just say, well, that just must be the will of God. You know, just nothing I could do about it. That's just, you know, it just must've been God's will. No, God's will was that your family succeed. 
Please hear this. God's will is that your marriage succeed. God's will is that your family succeed. God's will is that your children serve the Lord. God's will is that your children actually stand one day and prophesy in the house of the Lord. Joel chapter 2 says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then he goes on to say, and your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. How many are confessing that over your children? I, I thank God I got three of them and they're all prophesying. They're all married and all serving God, all on staff, at, not just at this church, they're on staffs, other places also. God has blessed our family, but I will tell you, children don't serve God accidentally. It's got to be patterned and you have to make sure that you're building your family on biblical foundations. Which, by the way, that also means you're going to be in the house of the Lord. Because you're going to say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I mean, I'm going all over the place. Just grab what you need tonight. <laughs> to build any other way will ultimately cause failure. Self-help methods are not going to produce strong families. I've seen people before, but you know, they're, they're going to read all these other books that are out there in the world on family and I will tell you, if you take your cues from what the world is saying, you're ultimately going to get into some areas that you will not be able to succeed. So Genesis 1 verse 26, I have a lot of scripture to read tonight, and I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to do as much as I can tonight. So y'all just, y'all flow with me tonight. Are y'all with me? And uh, listen, I believe you're here because you want a strong marriage and you want a strong family. My wife and I, as you know, Pastor Stacy and I, June, will be married 43 years. Praise God. 43 years we'll be married. Doesn't seem that long, but we'll be married 43 years. And uh, we, again, most of y'all know, of course, obviously, Pastor Joshua is our oldest son. And he, it's hard to believe he'll turn 39 this year. I mean, I'm starting to really start to feel old now. But anyway, I don't feel old, but you know what I'm saying when I think he's, he's going to be 40. Goodness gracious. But anyway, he'll turn 39 this year. And you know what? He has always served God every day of his life. He has never deviated whatsoever. Our youngest son, Micah, he has served God every day of his life and never deviated. Praise the Lord. Can I tell you, our daughter, Kayla, she has served God every day of her life and never deviated from serving God. Of course, I did all tell them, I said, you ever not serve God, I'm coming after you. <laughs> but they've all served God. They all love God. Now, y'all don't get to really see our daughter very much. And of course, Pastor... Our youngest son, Mike, is pastoring over in um, Crestview now, he and his wife, and got three of our grandsons over there. But, uh, it, of course, he was here for many, many years, but I don't have time to go into all that. But our daughter, many of you, many of you know her, many of you don't know her and haven't really, how many of you know our daughter, Kayla? How many of you don't know our daughter, Kayla? Uh, I will tell you this much, she's, one of, she's got one of the most powerful, accurate, prophetic words strong prophetess anointing that's actually on her life. Well, she was raised in that. She was raised in that. And now because of that, that same thing flows out of her. And uh, she's one of the one individuals that the pastor at the church where actually Kelvin works now down in Orlando, he, he will actually allow her to prophesy. Won't allow everybody else to prophesy, but he'll allow her to prophesy because when she prophesies, it's accurate because when she prophesies, it's strong and it's speaking forth what God is saying. But anyway, so Genesis 1, then God said, let us make man in our own. Let me stop. You may be somebody right now that your children aren't serving God. But, and uh, 
I want you to understand whenever I, we talk about our children, the reason I do is because I want you to know it's possible and that's what you need to believe God for, right? L let's shoot for this here. There's no condemnation if you got kids aren't serving God because I will tell you this, I'm going to believe with you and I'm going to stand with you and I can't tell you how many prodigals I have seen come home and understand this, if God did it for all the other people that we prayed for, God will do it for you and God will bring your prodigal in. God will bring your prodigal home. Don't you give up and don't you throw in the towel because God is faithful. He said if you will believe on the Lord Jesus that not only would you be saved, but that your entire household would be saved. Oh, I said your entire household would be saved. Your entire household would be saved. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Well, you don't, you, I, I will not accept anything else. Every one of them. And not only that, but God is going to restore the relationship. He's not just going to bring them in, but wherever there's been a broken relationship, my God is the repairer of the breach. And he'll repair what has been destroyed and what has been, uh, has been disabled, and God will bring it together. Amen? You've tried, but understand this, God's able to do what you cannot do in the natural. Amen? Genesis 1:26. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all uh, the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You know, God's called us to have dominion over the creeps. <laughs> Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female. Please underline that. Male and female, he created him. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I will tell you one of the first things in the first foundations of a, of, a, of a marriage, if you're going to succeed, is you've got to understand that God assigns gender. Man doesn't assign gender. God assigns gender. It's determined biologically. I might as well just stay here. I like it here for a moment. We have, there's a lot of things going on in our culture and society. And by the way, it's nothing new. It's been going on for quite some time. It's just become more prevalent over the last decade or so. You know, it's become, it's, you know, there's just been this increasing uh, wave of uh, humanism. And you can call it whatever you want to, but by, at the end of the day, it's pure insanity. That's what it is. Just pure insanity. You know, whenever a baby is born, even doctors know when they come out, okay? We're adults here, okay? I, I, please, I'm going to just talk very plain to y'all. Is it okay if I talk real plain to you tonight? And it's basically like this. If it's got a stem, it's a boy. If it doesn't have a stem, the, the apple doesn't have a stem, then it's a girl. Right? This shouldn't be some kind of, oh, I, I didn't know. You should know that. God created it that way. God created male and God created female and God created, that's it. Right? God didn't create something other than male and female. Listen, I don't care what you identify with. It does not change what God assigned you at birth. Right? And I don't, I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But one of the foundations you got to understand, see, 
at, before God even puts a man and woman together, it, what it actually says is God created a male and female. There's a reason that God said that. It's because he wanted you to know, I'm creating you male and female. Don't deviate from that. Don't go anywhere else from that. I looked up something today and, and you know, there was some article and they were talking about 20 different, 20 different gender identities. I'm thinking that's nuts. And these people actually think they're intelligent. You know, it doesn't take you to, God doesn't require you to go to medical school to understand that this is a man, this is a woman, this is a boy, this is a girl. And it's been that way for the eons of ages, but now all of a sudden we have some men that come on the scene and think that they know more than God that they have exalted their own intellect, which is really lacking. But anyway, they've exalted their own intellect above the very word of God. And my friend, if you, at the, at the very foundation of marriage, we must understand that God created a man, God created a woman, and he put them together. And that's the way it was at the beginning. And that's the way it is still to be today. Amen. God did it right. Look at somebody say, God did it right. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, male and female, right? He created them. I don't know about you men, but I sure am glad that God created a female. I'm glad that God created my woman. I mean, God made me a brick house, hallelujah. I mean, beautiful. <laughs> then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Now, again, I told you we're going, to get, we're going to talk about the things nobody wants to talk about. Everybody thinks, be fruitful and multiply. What does that mean? What he told them to do is go have sex. That's what he said. Right? You, you, <laughs> you're not fruitful and multiplying by looking at each other and doing this. You know, that, doesn't make, that doesn't make a baby. Right? There's only one way that a baby is made. And I know some people, and I, and I know... I know a pastor that would never even say that word from their pulpit, and that's the reason they got, them, they got messed up people all in their congregation because they won't just speak the truth, right? By the way, do you, and this is not even in my notes tonight. This is for the last message, actually. But did you know God actually, whenever he creates them, it's, if you read it, if you read on down, verse 27, 28, God bless him. God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds air, and every, every living thing that moves on the earth. What it says at the end of it, God says, and God saw all of it and said, this is very good. God said, this is very good. I created a man and a woman, and I told them that they're to be intimate with one another. That's very good. You know, it's like people are afraid to say that. I'm telling you, it's very good, very good, right? Very good. And for some reason, we've treated it like it's something nasty, like something that's, it's like something that's contaminated. And I want everybody to understand what God created in the beginning and what God ordained in the beginning. There is nothing nasty about it. It is to be celebrated between a one man and one woman together. Amen? One man and one woman. And by the way, don't bring anything else into the bedroom. And don't bring anybody else. And don't bring Tippy the dog. And don't bring Felix the cat or anything like that in there also. 
It's a shame you have to actually say these things today, but you do. People do all kind of crazy things. And don't, don't bring in your, your sexy movie or anything like that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Listen, men, you shouldn't need anybody else to turn you on. The woman you got, that, that's enough. Hallelujah. And women, you shouldn't need some other man that's got muscles and fit all over the place. That's wonderful and great. We got some guys in here, but you don't need pictures of them hanging up all over the wall in order to get you going. Is that strong enough for you? I told you these are things that nobody wants to talk about. We're going to talk about them. Amen. Y'all love me still. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm, you know, beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. It's in the eyes of the beholder. You know, I'm telling you, every time I look at my wife, and I mean, it could be after she slept on her hair and her hair's like this. Y'all wouldn't think that her hair's like that sometimes, but sometimes it is. She wakes up. It's like she's got a fin on her head. Like jaws or something. Y'all don't tell her I said that. And ladies, I know the same thing happens with you too, right? You wake up and your hair's all kind of different ways and messed up and, you know, and, but I tell you what, she's still beautiful. I look over there and I go, praise God, I was in the right line. Thank you, Jesus. I'm glad I was down there just waiting for her, you know, and, uh, and you know what? Because she is beautiful to me. She's beautiful to me. She's always been beautiful to me. Now, she said that she fell in love with me whenever she was in the seventh grade. I didn't even know she existed in the seventh grade. I knew she was a bad clarinet player, but that was it. That's a long story. She talks about it in her, in her book she's writing that will one day be published. She's just trying to finish it. She's going to finish it soon. But, you know, but then all of a sudden, so I was a senior in high school, and I don't prescribe that people start dating the, the way we did. What was acceptable probably uh, 45 years ago, I would say we've graduated, we have some greater understanding than what we had back then. It's very common for people just, you know, sophomores and juniors and seniors today. But anyway, we, I, all of a sudden one day I caught her eye. I was a senior in high school, and... She was a uh, she was a sophomore going into tenth grade, Rutherford High School. I went to to uh, Gulf Coast actually my senior year, and uh, but I was taking her down for some kind of band thing over the summer, and I noticed she she was I could and I was usually very oblivious to stuff, but I noticed she's flirting with me. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> How many of you men would know what I'm talking about? She's kind of flirting with me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to understand back then I had a 28-inch waist and I, and I actually was working out some. I had some muscles and, you know, you know now my six-pack has turned into a two-liter, but nonetheless. <laughs> but, you know, I... I, and so it doesn't matter what time of the day it is. It doesn't matter what's going on. 
she's still beautiful to me. She's always beautiful to me. I said that to say this, men, your wife should be the most beautiful woman on two legs. Every time you see her, every time you see her, oh, there she comes just walking down the street singing do what it 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 Looks good. Looks fine. Almost blew my mind. Right? That's the way. There should be something within that individual. You go, whoo, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. I think all of the men, how many of you will actually admit to this? I'm married out of my league. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you admit you're married out of your league? Because listen, we have, a, we, have a, we have beautiful women that are all throughout the sanctuary. And you know what? There is not one man that is beautiful at all. Every one of you are ugly. I'm sorry, you're all ugly. We are all ugly. God creates man and says, mm, I can do one better than this. <laughs> and he takes a rib out, it makes a, makes a man go into a deep sleep, takes a rib out of that, that man and he forms, this is my masterpiece. Of all the creation, woman was the very last being that he made. The very last thing that he made. The very last, it is the crowning moment of all creation. And he makes woman. And then he brings, brings her, save the best for last, exactly. Br brought her to the man. Man wakes up, ah, and there and there's Eve standing, Adam, looking at Eve, this beautiful creation, and she didn't have a stitch of clothes on whatsoever, and I'm telling, and that's the reason he said, "Whoa, man!" <laughs> Y'all hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> Is this too much for you? This is the way God created. This is, this is the narrative of the Bible. This isn't some kind of strange thing, like anything that, this is not what Hollywood produced. I'm telling you what God, the, the story, the drama that God has written in his word is better than anything that Hollywood could ever produce. It's better than any Netflix series, better than anything on Amazon, better than anything on NBC, ABC, CBS, HBO, Hell Body Odor, whatever. It's better than anything. Amen? <laughs> All right, we'll get dignified here for just a moment so we can go sip our tea. Genesis 2, verse 7. Skip there. And the Lord God formed man. I haven't even got to my points yet. I'm sorry. And the Lord God formed man. I, I won't be able to get to them tonight. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in him to his nostril the breath of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. I'll stop there just a moment. You have to realize in, in Genesis chapter 1, God is giving us the overview of creation. He's giving us the big picture. He's even giving us the big picture of, how, of the creation of man. But in, in Genesis 2, 
It's like God is now going to zoom in. I, I want to show you a little closer detail of actually how I did it. This is how I created man, and this is what I did with man. And so then in verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on the day that you eat it, eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not. Notice this. And the Lord God said, It is not good. Look at somebody say, Not good. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. In other words, God is stepping into the situation and saying, Look, it is not good that Adam be alone. You know what, I, I can, I'm going to do one better than this. He, he is incomplete by himself. There is, there is another being that he needs that is going to make this a family. He's not designed to operate by himself. You know, it's like God said, boy, you can't do this by yourself. You need a helper. Is there any men here tonight that can say, I thank God for the helper that God... How many of you are willing to say, I can't do it by myself, right? I remember before we got married, I lived out at the beach for uh, a little while because I was working in a church out at the beach, but I was also working in a grocery store at the same time. This is before Pastor Stacey and I got married. I don't know if anybody, I don't know if it's still there, Lay Hands Carousel, but I was working at that years and years ago. And anyway, uh, and I had a little efficiency, it was folks in the church that owned a, uh, the Stevensons actually, Barbara, I know you know them. The, the, anyway, so they owned the Shalimar Plaza Hotel. And they went to the church and they said, we're going to let you live in one of our efficiencies. And, and I thought, Ben, that's great. I'm going to be by myself. I'll have my bachelor pad. I mean, not that I was having ladies over or anything like that, but I, you know, I'm going to be by myself and it's going to be great and I'm going to be kind of independent. You know, this is going to be wonderful and great. And, uh, and I will tell you, once you live by yourself, most of you men realize you can't do it by yourself, right? I remember a couple of times trying to fry some chicken. There was flour everywhere. There was flour in the bed. I don't even know how flour got in the bed. <laughs> There's flour ev everywhere. And smoke. I tried that twice. I said, forget this. I ain't frying no chicken anymore. I'm going to go see the colonel if I, if I need any fried chicken. Right. Man, I tried this. I could not do it by myself. And for some reason, many, many years later, I have to tell you this little story. Many, many years later, I decided, you know, I'm gonna, I was going to do something special for our anniversary. And I thought I was, I'm, I'm all of a sudden, I don't, know for, I don't know why, but I thought that I, after watching one of these shows on television, that I could be a master chef. <laughs> so I got some chicken and, uh, you know, I, and so it's our anniversary. I'm going to do something really nice. And I'm going to do some panade chicken. <laughs> Piccata. And I'm going to do these things. And I'm going to, you know, had some other things going on. I don't even remember what all was on there. But anyway, finally, Stacy got home right as I was finishing up. And whenever she came in, once again, 
there was flour from one end of the kitchen to the other end of the kitchen. The chicken had burned. The sauce had curdled and not made up right. But I put it on the plate, and we said, we're going to eat this. And we took one bite, and she looked at me, and she said, would you like to go out? <laughs> so we went somewhere else. I said all that to say God was right when he said, it is not good for man to be alone. You need somebody with you, man, right? And by the way, ladies, you do too. And if you're not married, please, there's no condemnation if you're single. Please don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. And we'll believe with you for God to send you a good spouse, okay? And, and by the way, when you're believing the Lord for a spouse, I'm, I'm coming to a close. I'm coming in for a landing. I always encourage people, throw away your list. Okay, throw away your list. Well, you know, I want somebody who's five foot five. I want blonde hair and I want blue eyes, or maybe maybe you want maybe you want a you know a certain race or whatever, whatever it might be. And can I just tell you, you need to just ditch that list and believe God for a spouse that will complete you, that will help you. You know what? Whenever you whenever you see them, you're gonna go, yeah, 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 you know, because you know, for for me going into ministry, this was the typical thing. Going into ministry. If you're going into ministry, then you were supposed to have a wife that played the piano, okay? Musically talented. Be able to sing a little bit. She didn't fit the bill. She didn't fit the bill. She couldn't play keys. She couldn't play clarinet either. She couldn't do any of those things. She didn't have a desire to preach. She didn't have a desire to minister to anybody. That wasn't really in her. But you know what she did? She said this, I want you to know. She said, I don't really feel that I'm necessarily called to ministry, but I feel that I'm called to you. And she said, I'll go wherever you go, and I'll be with you wherever you are at. I will support you and I will love you and I will always be there with you. And can I tell you, she has been my greatest fan. She's been the one that's been there every moment and she's always supported through thick and thin. And I could tell you some stories that, of times that we went through in the first seven or eight years of our marriage and ministry and my mom and dad are aware of those they, these things. I'm just talking about the hardships that we endured in ministry, and she never got mad. She never got upset. She never said, that's it. She never said, you're lazy. Why don't you go get a job or anything like that during times that we were just having to wait. And I don't have time to go into all the details of that. She was always there and supportive. Can I tell you that God knows exactly what you need. God knows exactly who you need, and God will bring you who you need. Amen? Okay, I got three minutes. Where am I at? Uh, verse 8. It's not good that man should be alone. I'll make a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep, verse 21, caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. He took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made it into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone. This is where covenant is made. See, covenant is made with words. 
Here is a covenant of marriage that actually is made with the words that are coming out of Adam's mouth. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, not his husband. Amen? And not a dog and not a cat. It's crazy some of the things that people want to do. Be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, I just wanted to finish reading that. What we see, and, and I'll have to get to the points later, is that creation, God establishes a pattern. Would everybody say a pattern? Would you say the word design? God established a pattern and God established a design. And this is the bottom line. If we want to have successful marriages and homes, then we're going to have to conform to the pattern that God established. There's so much more that we will expound on later on because you see it all throughout this passive scripture uh, as you begin to dig into it. But if we will conform our marriages and our families and our homes to the pattern that God established, I'm telling you, you will see success and you will live in paradise and you won't live in hell, praise God. You'll have a heavenly home. You'll have a home that's full of the love of God, that's full of love, that's full of acceptance, that's full of everything that God desires for you. And I will tell you, you will see God move and it will also begin to reflect within the lives of your children as you begin to pattern yourself after what God designed in the beginning. Because hear this, God did it right. I said God did it right. God did it right when he put one man and one woman together. God did it right when he created male and female. We're going to talk about these issues. Now, I know some of this tonight, you may say, Ooh, I didn't, wasn't expecting that. Well, we're going to talk about things that nobody want, people don't want to talk about. Just talking with a minister the other day, and he said, because we had a meeting Monday night with our singles. How many of you singles were there? We had some of the singles there. Now, by the way, this is kind of light stuff compared to what we talked about the other night with some of the, not the singles, the young marriage. Young marriage and singles, yes. I'm sorry, young marriage. And they can attest to it. This is kind of, th this is PG-13 right now, right? We were in C-17 the other night, okay? And we're getting to some really nitty-gritty stuff. But you got, if we don't lift up the banner and if we don't say this is what's right and this is the things that we need to avoid, shine the light on those things, what will happen is we will lose a generation. And I'm declaring we will not lose a generation to the world. We're not going to lose a generation to the way that the enemy wants to lead them. Amen? Amen? And whatever the agendas, there's all kinds of agendas that are out there. And that's no mystery. We could call them out. There's so many that are out there. They, they have their agendas that they're trying to push. And we have to be able to Understand this, we don't hate those people, but we will push back with the truth of the Word of God. We will push back with this is what God says, okay? And, and if we will begin to adhere to that, God will bring blessing. He'll bring blessing in our family. May I say all this? He'll bring blessing in our region. He'll bring blessing in our county, in our state, and even in our nation. Amen. Would you stand to your feet tonight? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.